Hello, Miss Manual listeners. It's Athena here from Insta And I wanted to get on here real quick and kind of just talk about what it's like to be a CWI and how to get started as a CWI. Now, you might not know what the term CWI means. So just as a brief summary, it basically stands for Certified Welding Inspector. And this is coming from the American Welding Society or if you see or hear the term AWS, that is the American Welding Society. And they are the organization that pretty much run this welding world. All right, so with being a CWI, I'm gonna kind of take it back and tell you how I got introduced to the term CWI. So even as early as high school, when I first started doing trade school and my instructor would talk about how he wanted to be a CWI and how the opportunities were endless and they made all this money. And then he would say, you know, I don't have time to take the test. It's very expensive. You have to have all this stuff and the pass rate is very, very low. And even to this day, it's still pretty low. So then again, just take back, this is probably like, man, it's over 10 years ago since I've been in high school. And some things have changed, but overall, the CWI credentials, endorsements, all that is still relatively the same. The test is a little bit different now than it was 10 years ago, but still the same things you have to have. So. If you are new to welding or maybe you've been in welding a little while, then you've probably heard people talk about being a CWI. And it kind of seemed to me when I got started that it was something, yeah, I would love to have, but I felt like it wasn't obtainable for me at the time being so young. I felt like a CWI had all this knowledge, you know, maybe they've been a welder for like 20 something years and then they finally become a CWI. I just thought it was very far away from me to ever even consider being a CWI. And at the time, I didn't know a CWI. So the things that I was hearing, my instructors talk about it, was kind of negative in a way because they weren't CWIs and they just made excuses as to why they couldn't become one, like how much it costs and how much time it takes to become one, all these things. So I heard that and I took that in and I was like, okay, you know, maybe, you know, somewhere along the years I'll become one, but it wasn't like something major on my focus when I got started. So if you haven't already checked it out, there is a website for AWS. It is aws.org. And if you have anything to do with welding, this is a very good website to have as a favorite or something like that bookmark it because there's a lot of resources coming from this site, a lot of job opportunities, lots of just blogs and things like that that you can read on. And um, just as another FYI, um, the American Welding Society is recognized all over the world. Um, I mean, obviously, especially in the United States, but in Canada, literally all over the world, people know what AWS is. They are very involved in the welding sector. So when it comes to getting your resume out there, um, 
having AWS terms and maybe an AWS certification. They have several different certifications. Um, that's something that people will recognize as someone in HR or something like that, just to kind of better your chances on a job opportunity. So definitely keep that in mind as you go on with your career and definitely check out this page. Um, so if you would click on the certification tab and then go to certify welding inspector, again, they have lots of certifications you can get, but I'm only going to focus really on the welding inspector part of this. Um, just because I feel like this is like when you get into welding, this is something that everyone talks about. So yes, it was hard to obtain. Yes, the test was one of the hardest tests I've ever had to take in my life, but it, if I look back at it, it really was not as bad as people made it out. So I don't want you to feel discouraged when you hear people talk about it because again, more than likely they're not CWI, so they don't really know. So. I've been a CWI for four years now, and I'm just going to kind of tell you how I got it, some little requirements that they have. Now that I'm a CWI, I actually do know several other CWIs and just kind of some things that they do as well. Now, becoming a CWI, you do have to have minimum work experience and education. So typically, your high school degree um, gets you a base level or a GED, whichever. So with a GED or high school diploma, you have to have a minimum of five years welding based work experience. Okay, that's like your bottom level. Now, maybe if you didn't graduate high school, they even have some lower things than that. So if you graduated from eighth grade, then you have to have nine years of welding experience. Um, but I'm just gonna start out high school. Then if you go to trade school, um, you only have to have four years, but that is with a degree, okay? So just make sure you take that in mind. Um, then you can have an engineering degree or some type of technical bachelor or um, welding degree. Um, you only have to have three years work experience. And as you go on higher and higher up in that um, educational stuff, you get less years of work experience needed. So for me, um, at the time that I took my test, I had my high school diploma and I had some college. I did go to college originally for physical therapy assistance and then changed to welding. But at the time I had not graduated. I did not have a degree. Okay, so that took me back to the minimum of five years welding experience. So I worked as a production welder for five years and lucky enough, the job that I was working at needed a CWI and they looked at me and asked if I would be willing to take the test. Now, with this being said, I had no preparation on taking this test. I, again, had looked back and heard every negative thing about the test, how hard it was. The pass rates are minimal, like maybe like 20 something percent of people actually pass their first try. Um, there was just a lot of negativity around this test and I was like, I'm going to fail. And 
I know you guys don't know me, but failure is like not an option for me. And I get super stressed out about tests. I'm not a good test taker. That's why I kind of took welding. Um, I'm really good with my hands and I like that hands-on experience when it comes to tests. And eh, I don't really want to have anything to do with it. So when they came to me asking at first, I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, I'm not ready. I'm not prepared. But then I had to look at it like, hey, they could have asked all these other people at work to take this test, but they asked me. So that means they have confidence in me that they believe out of this group of people, I had the best chance in passing this test. So I looked at it from that perspective and I was like, okay, if they believe in me that much, then I can't let them down. I have to try. So getting my paperwork done, there's a lot of things that go into this paperwork. Let me tell you. One, you have to actually be a certified welder, which I was at the time because I've been working production for a while, but you actually do have to have a certification. And then you have to have letters of um, recommendations, like endorsements. And then you have to like get all these paperworks together. I had to send them my tax information from to prove that I was working for five years. It was a lot of paperwork that I had to send in. And that was a little overwhelming in itself. But I got it done, got it submitted. I didn't have any issues there. Me personally, I took a prerequisite class at the Hobart Institute, which is in Troy, Ohio. And it was a two-week prep class. And at the end of the two weeks, you took your test. Okay, so pause right there. I went to Hobart Welding Institute, okay, and I would highly, highly recommend it if you ever get that opportunity and you want to pass that test your first try and if you're able to or if your work is willing to send you or whatever the case may be, it is so worth it and I have no affiliation with the Hobart Institute, but I'm just saying they know what they're doing there. Now, I do know several people that have went to the American Welding Society, their prep classes, things like that, and every single one of them have failed, no matter how much experience they had. Honestly, if you just want my input, not talking bad about them, but the American Welding Society is people that they don't really care about you. They don't want you to pass the test because that's more money for them. It's kind of how everyone's talked about it. You know, their fees and everything are very expensive. And I mean, that money drives their company. So to me, I'm just like, why would you want to go to someone like that, that they don't care to see you succeed? Um, there are several third party um prep classes that have been very highly recommended. I know there's one in South Carolina that's like close to the Charleston area. Um, I believe there's some in Florida, maybe Texas as well. I don't know the names of those exactly. I just do know that people have gone to those and have had pretty good success rates. But I personally know very well six people that have went to Hobart, all their first try, all have passed. So let that be known just my my two cents and again it was for two weeks which sounds like a long time but it is so worth it okay now 
getting to that two weeks prep class, um, you have to bring a code book that you're going to be testing to. So something that I did not know prior to becoming a CWI is AWS has like hundreds of different code books that you can actually take tests to. And once you're a CWI, that whatever code book you test to does not mean that you're only a CWI to that code. So if you don't understand code, basically I came from rail car manufacturing and we used AWS D15. Okay, that's the railroad code book for AWS. And I could take the, co the test to the D15, but I couldn't take that at Hobart. Okay, so Hobart only offers the D1.1, which is structural steel, and it's like the thickest book they have. And then they have the API, which is like your pipe code, your pressure pipe code, things like that. Obviously, I didn't know anything about Pressure Pipe. It's a thinner book, um, and a lot of people think that that is an advantage. But if you don't know anything about that stuff, then don't do it. I knew a guy in my class that should have took the D1.1. That's all he's done all his life. But he took the API code book and failed. And that was the only part he failed. And it was because he had nothing to do with that code and everything, like each code does not talk to each other. They don't have a relationship. One code might tell you, okay, this weld is acceptable with this criteria. And then you might go to this code and it is absolutely not acceptable with that criteria. So just make sure whatever code you take it to, let it be something that you are somewhat familiar with. So I, of course, was part of the railroad code, but I took mine to the D1.1 because it was the most in common with the railroad code. Okay. And the D1.1, again, is structural steel and that's kind of touches everybody. And yeah, it was super thick book, but they really showed me how to maneuver through it and things like that. So let that be known, take it to a code that you're going to be familiar with, but so I took mine to the D1.1, I was still able to use my D15 book, I was still a CWI, if for some reason one day I needed to get into pipe welding or whatever, I would still be a CWI. It has nothing to do with what code you take it to. So that was something I was misled on in the beginning, but just so you know, you heard it from me, that does not matter. You are a CWI, it does not say what code you took it to at any point on your certification. So, about the test. The test is three parts. You have A, B, and C. Your part A is your fundamentals in welding, and that kind of consists of weld symbols, um, metallurgy, um, just basic well processes. Um, there's probably a lot of other things that was on that part, but I can't really remember, but that's kind of the gist of fundamentals. Part B is a practical test where they give you weld samples and you're actually measuring um, like defects or discontinuities and you're having to look up 
in the code, some tolerances to make sure it's, is, it, is it acceptable? You're having to use calipers, like you're going all the way to the 64th to find a dimension of a tolerance, okay? That part was pretty stressful. Um, part C is your code book. And again, you can take the code book portion to pretty much whatever code book. Um, again, I took mine to the D1.1 and with all of these three parts, you have to at least make a 72% or higher on each part, not an average of the three. On each part, you have to score at least a 72, okay? If you make a 71, you do not have a certification. You will, let me rephrase that, you are not a CWI. Now, there are things involved where if you pass, um, two parts of the test, you're like a CAWI or something like that. There's some other things, but we're not getting into that. We're only talking about being a CWI. So my experience going to Hobart for two weeks, um, my company paid for everything. They paid for my test. The test is very expensive. Um, I can't remember the exact dollar amount. I'm going to try to look it up real quick. Um, but, um, just my hotel alone for two weeks that was expensive but um and you know being away from home things like that I mean I enjoyed it and I did have a friend that was close by she lived in Columbus so on the weekend I hung out with her so that was really nice and I didn't I didn't stay stressed out that week honestly I had in my head that okay, the chances of me passing are really slim, so I'm not going to stay stressed out about it. I'm just going to take it in, whatever they tell me, I'm just going to go with it, okay? So, with that being said, um, which was really funny and ironic at the same time, my high school instructor, the one that told me that it was so hard to obtain and like all these things you know, forever ago, he took the exam two weeks before me and failed. Okay. He's probably going to be mad that I just said that on, you know, a podcast, but he did fail and he let me borrow his code book because you have to bring your code book for the test. They do not provide that for you. And that code book is like 300 or $400. So I definitely wasn't going to buy it. So I asked if I could borrow his. So I took his code book I ended up passing the test um, with his code book, which was hilarious. And I even called him and told him, I was like, hey, you know, next time you take the test, you'll probably pass because, you know, I took really good notes. I bookmarked it really well, all this stuff. And, and he did. The next time he took the test, he did pass. Typically, people, their second try will pass, but it is very slim to pass it your first time. Um, with that being said as well, if you make a 100, a 90, an 80, a 72, it does not matter. They do not give your grade out to anybody. It literally just says that you passed. You met. You are now a CWI. Congratulations. So that kind of makes me feel a little bit good. That way, you know, people all the, all the time in school were like, oh, well, I made this on the test. Well, at this point in time, it doesn't matter what you made. All you have to do is make a 72. You're a CWI. It's a pass or fail. There's no ands, if, buts in between there. So, passing the test. Super stressful. Again, 
each portion of the test, you have three portions. They all are timed. Um, they are open book, but that can actually get really difficult um, because we kind of depend on, okay, it's open book, I'll be fine. But AWS will trick you. They love to trick people, okay? That is what they are known for. The way they word questions, um, when they when you look something up in a code book, there'll be like a little asterisk there and you have to read the notes. And then the notes will say, you know, to look at another page. You'll say, okay, um, in this case, blah, 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 go see page, um, you know, 562 for more information or whatever the case may be. Then you go to that page, you have to read that to see if it applies to the question or not. It was very complicated. And what Hopart said was, don't choose the right answer, choose the best answer. Because the right answer is not always what they're looking for. Okay? I'm telling you, they love to trick people. And that's why the pass rate is so low. Okay? So just have that in mind. I'm not trying to talk you out of it, but I'm just saying, be aware of that, okay? So don't overthink because that's exactly what I do. I overthink every little question that I read and I read it 50 times. And when, every time I read it, it's like I, I find a new word in the sentence. Crazy, I know. But I ended up passing, hallelujah, praise Jesus. Um, and you don't find out immediately that you pass which is another stressful thing. So when you get done with your test, you put it in an envelope, you seal it, and you turn it in, okay? Actually, let me change that because that was four years ago and now they do everything online. So I don't really know how all that works, but I had to take it, seal it. Once it's sealed, I couldn't look at it again. So I feel like, honestly, taking the test online would be more difficult to me but I do know several people that have passed it online and maybe that's just how this world is um, coming to but I personally like taking a test with paper in front of me but that's besides the point um, so each test is timed it is open book, but again, they try to trick you and it gets a little overwhelming with reading everything, but pretty much the entire test is really seeing if you can look up information. That is really all they're trying to do. You don't need to memorize anything. You just need to know how to find it and obviously the quickest way possible. So they teach you how to bookmark your book how to find things, how to find keywords in a question, how to focus on those, how to not focus on the extra garbage that they give you. It was very, very beneficial to take that prep class. I honestly, I, I know for a fact I would never have passed if it wasn't for that prep class, for sure. So after becoming a CWI or after taking the test, let me go, go back. After taking the test, it took about like it took about three to four weeks, maybe even longer than that. I think they tell you four to six weeks or something for you to get your results in. And when they get you your, your results, they email you. And when I say that was the hardest email for me to click on, 
and it was like immediate like I clicked on it and all I seen was congratulations and I was like oh I almost fainted like I was so happy and I could not believe I passed but yeah they send you an email and it takes forever for you to get it um, then they send you your certification in the mail. You actually get a nice little identification card. It has your picture on it, all that good stuff. Now, if you were, are like me and I wanted to do the educational part of it, um, when you take your CWI, you can also um, pay a little extra money and their questions are a little bit different, but you can do a CWE, add it onto your CWI which is your certified welding educator and that gives you kind of credentials into going into teaching being an instructor things like that and that was something that I wanted to do so I made sure that I took that as well now if you are already a CWI or maybe you took the CWI but you didn't have the referrals that they needed for the CWE. Um, if you do get those later on in life, you can still submit that and just pay a fee and then they will add the CWE onto your CWI. So don't think that it's not obtainable. You don't have to take the test again or anything like that. They just want your money. So just send them a nice little check and then they'll add that onto your CWI as well. Um, so I pulled up the pricing for CWI. So just the exam, if you are an AWS member, so if you are currently in college, um, maybe your instructor has you set up as a member. Um, but if not, if you are a student, you can be a member for free, I believe. Um, where now that I'm not a student, I have to pay for my membership. But if you are a member, you do get cheaper prices. Um, if you're not a member, the price is $1,325. Again, this is just for the exam. Um, if you are a member, it is $1,000 and or $1,070 to take the exam. All right, that's that is a pretty good chunk of change. Um, now, from that exam, you have to get renewed every three ugh, every three years, um, and you don't have to pay that much for it. I think it's like maybe five hundred. It's like about half, I would say, for your renewal. Um, typically, if you're a CWI and you get hired on with someone, they will pay for your renewal fees. That's I've never had any problems and I've had various different jobs over the years and they've never had any issue with paying my renewal fees or anything like that because that you, they are hiring you to do that work and typically that's an investment for them and they'll be willing to pay that. Now, after becoming a CWI, I thought all this magic was going to happen and in some ways it did um, but the current company I was working for did not really see any difference or let me let me rephrase that they did not pay me anything additional onto that um, so something that I kind of did not know either I mean I thought okay I'm a CWI I better get a pay rate people are gonna be sending me job offers all the time well yes and no so being a CWI 
great, but it's no good to be a CWI without any experience, obviously. And most people will not hire you unless you have at least two years experience as a CWI. So that kind of threw a wrench into things. Um, But at my current job, I was doing CWI work. They did need me to do that CWI work. And I hated to do it, but I went up to the plant manager and basically told them to give me a raise or I was going to find work elsewhere. Now, just knowing me and my character, I am not a person to ask for a raise or ask for any type of promotion. Um, But at the same time, it was getting to the point where I was doing a lot of extra work and I wasn't getting recognized for it. Now, it took a lot. It really, I mean, it really took a lot of me to go talk to this person. And when I did talk to this person, they were not negative toward me whatsoever. I came in very professionally. I put like a resume together, put the things that I've been doing with the company together, how long I've been with the company, things like that. Like I had my ducks in a row because I did not want to just seem like someone asking for more money. I wanted to prove that I was worth more money even though I felt like they should have noticed that, but let's be honest, that's just not how companies work. And, you know, who are we to blame them for that? They're trying to save as much money as possible. But I did, I went in there and I told them, hey, you know, I'm doing these things now and I've changed this. I've benefited in these ways and kind of laid it all out. And they sat me down and said, I agree you are very um, beneficial to this company. Very beneficial to this company. And I was like, okay, cool. And I was like, all right, I'm going to get a raise. Um, I'm going to get promoted. I was really, really happy. And those things happened. Um, Obviously, it wasn't the raise I thought I deserved, but it was a raise. I did get a new job title, things like that. I was pretty happy at the time. But I had an old manager of mine reach out to me and found out that I had passed my CWI and where he was working at they needed a CWI. He did not care that I was, um, didn't have that much experience as a CWI, but he knew my work ethic and things like that. So that opportunity was open and I took it. And kind of throughout the years, I have gotten lots of job offers um, and I have turned most of them down. Um, just because I kind of, well, where I'm at now, I really like where I'm at now, but it was true. Um, I have made a lot more money as a CWI than I used to. Now, with that being said, I'm sure if I had became a traveling welder, I probably would be making more money than I am now, but I would be working harder. (laughs) Um, I like now I have a desk, I have an AC. I mean, I still have to do things in the shop and out in the field, things like that. But 
that CWI got me to where I am today. It did open lots of opportunities. Um, It did not happen instantly like I thought it was going to. It did take some years to build up that credibility, experience, all those things. But it was true. I did get opportunities. Endless opportunities, I would say. Um, So that's kind of my tidbit on how to become a CWI and kind of what it's like. It's a lot of computer work. It's a lot of having to tell people, you know, this doesn't look good and why and just kind of breaking it to them nicely. And I do feel like being a woman, it is a little bit easier in some aspects, um, but in some aspects it's not because, again, you're having to prove that you actually know what you're talking about. And typically, I just show people the scars on my arm. And I'm like, look, I was a welder before I was a CWI. A lot of people were engineers, then become a CWI. And I feel like they don't have as much credibility as those who have actually been under hood and welded. And that goes a long way with a lot of construction workers, contractors, all those things. And just with the welder themselves, they understand like, hey, they know where I'm coming from and maybe they actually know what they're talking about. So nobody likes having to tell anybody like, hey, your well looks like crap. You're going to have to redo it, but there's ways that we can be nice about it. But that's just kind of an intro to how to become a CWI, kind of some opportunities it gave me. I hope you found this a little bit beneficial if CWI is something that you're looking into doing. Um, I've obtained lots of other certifications over the years, but CWI is definitely the most recognized And I would highly recommend it for anyone pursuing welding, but maybe you don't want to be underneath the hood all day long. Um, The quality side of welding is a great opportunity and um, the women are killing it right now. So hope you enjoyed and have a good rest of your day.